Hi, Taisei. Hi, Alex. How's it going? Great. Fantastic. Nice. Almost as fantastic as uh, the Montreal Canadiens' uh, 2021 run to the Stanley Cup final? Uh, almost. You know, that was pretty mint back in the day. Not that quite mint, you know? It's getting back in the hang of school and whatnot. But pretty good, all things considering. And you know why I mentioned that Stanley Cup run? Why is that? Um, because the Colorado Avalanche are trying uh, to recreate it. Of course. We've got Lekkonen on their team. Now yeah. they brought in Jonathan Drouin. And now, today, they brought in Thomas Tatar. They are just taking all the left-wingers from the uh, 2021 Montreal Canadiens. That's just what they need. Trying deep to, playoff trying experience. To this, the this, greatness. this team has a complete dearth and lack of <laughs> deep playoff runs. So they're doing it. They're drawing the source of inspiration that we should. We all should. Absolutely. Mark Bergevin's team from 2021. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this Thomas Tatar signing? Um, it's nice. It's good. It was He shouldn't have been available this long, you know, deep into the offseason. Um, I heard he also switched agents, so, you know, Clearly, he wasn't happy with that process, um, as he should be. Um, but yeah, no, for, for the Avalanche, that's that's their gain. Uh, one year, one and a half million dollars. Really, really no risk. Um, I how much cap space do you have? Do, do you know off the top of your head how much cap space they have? Probably not much. Yeah, no but, one really has much. Mm, let's see. Colorado currently at well, they're they're over apparently. So LTIR and whatnot. Um, but no, they managed to fit it in. Um, I think we said he should slot in comfortably on that second line, you know, at worst, the bottom, a middle sixth role. Uh, and at that price, at that term, was not the love of Colorado. Yeah, I I was surprised you said it's only nice. I think it slaps. It's incredible. I mean, I am a Thomas Tatar fan, Yeah, as has been documented on the show in the past, Um, despite the fact that, he's some, that he seems to be hated by whatever team he's on come playoff time, whether that's Vegas right. in 2018 or... Even the Devils this past year, wasn't he healthy scratched a little bit in the playoffs? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and in Montreal in 2021, actually, also. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what the deal is there. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But regular season, I think he's he's still a good second-line player. I think he can still get you 20 goals and a one-and-a-half. This is exactly the reason uh, why, well, in the past, you know, um, people would often say that July 1st is the most mistakeful. That's, that's not a word. The most full of mistakes day for the GMs on the calendar. And what the smarter ones would often say was just wait. Wait till the dust settles. Wait till good free agents are still there looking for teams. And that's where you get bargains. And Colorado, um, while not taking that advice early on and signing Miles Wood, etc., um, did take it partially, or at least now we can see the correctness of it with this Thomas Tatar bargain. Yeah, absolutely. And fits a whole, right? We talk about you know depth on the avalanche. Um, behind really those superstars, you know, Renton, McKinnon, uh, um, and uh, who am I missing? Landis Gog. Well, if one, if he ever gets comes back, um, and yeah, well, that that's that really was their downfall come playoff time. You know, having Lars Eller on the third line. Um, so you know, this this helps push people down the lineup, um, and helps shore that up. Still not, you know, don't have the most faith in that in that uh, supporting cast still in Colorado, but certainly a nice boost for them. Yeah, still looking into before the signing. That depth was extremely suspect, if you can even call depth. I think you were, we were actually just talking briefly before the show about their plan with Jonathan Drouin because he is not a first-line player, or I, he was not a top-six player. Honestly, I don't even know if I would want him in my lineup if I were trying to win a Stanley Cup at all. Um, but apparently, <laughs> the plan is uh, to reunite the Mooseheads, Drouin and McKinnon, put them back together, see if that can get Drouin's career on track at age 28 or however old he is. And what I said was, uh, get ready for a down year, Nathan McKinnon. 
Yeah. No, I think you know, in terms of experiments, you know, low risk experience experiments, um, it's worth it. I mean, you consider joint contracts also like less than a million dollars. Um, sure, try it out. Yeah. Just as long as a, you know, you're not. You're not trying it too hard, you know. You're not if it, if, <laughs> if it doesn't work, you know it doesn't work. You just call it, right? Mm-hmm. You're not doing this like for half a season in, um, and also you're not like this isn't your 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 plan heading into the season. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a gamble that you're taking, and hopefully it works out. But you're not relying on Jonathan Drouin to be that first line guy, um, even in a supporting role, because you know he's shown nothing to 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 prove that he can kind of maintain that role. Um, so, but yeah. So with that in mind, you know. You you add a guy like Tatar, it's uh, all of a sudden it's it's less suspect. You can maybe fill out a top six without including Drouin. And that's um, what every team wants to be less suspect. That's right. <laughs> according to Taisei. Yeah. And his parameters. I mean, like, look, if without without the signing, you think like who their top six for is? They have Lekkonen, they have McKinnon, they have Rantanen, they have Nishuskin. Ryan Johansson could be your second line center. Right? Yep. And then it's who. Jonathan Duran or Miles Wood, right? Or like Ross Colton, exactly. Um, and now, now it's a, now we're talking about a bona fide guy who can, you know, play on your top top six, um, with Thomas Tatar. So yeah, nice, hole filled. All right, well done to the Avalanche okay. on that one. You know what else starts with the letter A? Adam Lowry. <laughs> the Winnipeg just named a new, actually two Canadian teams, both named new captains very recently, just within the past couple days. Uh, we are still waiting for one in Calgary. Don't know if there is going to be one. I think Rasmus Anderson has been the front runner um, in the rumor mill, but no word yet. But Vancouver, they named one. They named Quinn Hughes the captain. Elias Pettersson was the other uh, possible name that was floating out there. And actually, interestingly, I don't remember when it was, but not too long ago, someone was interviewing Elias Pettersson and was like, "Oh, are you going to be the captain? Do you think you'll be the captain?" And he basically said something like, oh, I've never been a captain before. It would be an honor. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> so, I, Which implies to me that like there had been discussions between Elias Pettersson and the team before. If Elias Pettersson's going, I'll have to think about it. Yeah. You know? So I, I wonder if Quinn Hughes was their second choice and Elias Pettersson was like, I don't really want to. <laughs> That's probably not the case. I imagine it isn't. Uh, and I don't think Quinn Hughes is a bad choice. In, in fact, I think, I think Quinn Hughes perfectly represents the Vancouver Canucks. Very skilled, but looks sad all the time. <laughs> so a good choice for, for captain, I think, in that respect. He's on the he's on brand. He's yeah. on brand. That's, that's he's the face of the team, right? It's yeah, perfect. Literally face. It's incredible. Um yeah, I guess yeah, the, the 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 only real question mark if we're talking about Vancouver is uh, you know, why not Pedersen, right? And I mean I'm not assuming there's any beef, but uh who knows? He's, he's also not locked in super long term, right. right? So I mean, that's probably you know, and it looks like he's not going to sign that extension um, before the season. So you know, I understand the the hesitance to you know giving giving him the captaincy. Maybe they could have uh, used that in the contract negotiations. You know, sign the extension, we'll give you the captaincy and whatnot. But clearly, that 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 opportunity has passed. They given it to Quinn Hughes, and I don't know, like, like you, I, I have no problems with it. I think it's fine. Um, he works as a captain. I think Pedersen would have been fine too. Mm-hmm. Or in the negotiation, it could also be like, oh, you're going to make me a captain? Then you give me more money type of thing. True. But then they could just go, fine. We'll just make Quinn the captain then. Oh, no. Oh, shit. They got him. Fire's yeah. agent. All right. So, yeah. Um, so, does yeah. this make you more confident about the future for the Vancouver Canucks? 
<laughs> this could not move the needle any, needle any less. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the fact that they haven't given any justification for it. They have. Have they? Yeah, they're like, yeah, he's like a mature guy. He's he's talking in the locker room. He's always telling it like it is. Okay. He's honest. So maybe Pedersen's just a more quiet guy. Yeah. And he was just a born leader. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. But Quinn Hughes does not give off captain vibes, though. No, if... not, not, he gives sad boy vibes. Yeah. Which, you know, I respect it, but maybe not captain vibes. Which is interesting, because, like, he's on track, I think. I think he's pretty underrated in general, actually. Yeah. I think he's on track to be one of the best, like, offensive defensemen of this era. One of the best? Well, I don't know. Who else is? Hmm. Who, who would you put in that? Well, I'd I'd Makar. Oh, yeah, Makar is yeah, number right. one, of course. Um... And maybe I think he's in like the same tier as like Rasmus Dahlin, for example. I think if Dahlin continues the trajectory, I think the Dahlin's trajectory currently looks to be on the up and up more so than than Hughes. Um, I would say. I think right now you asked me to. I put. I think if you asked me to make a prediction like five years from now, you know, mm-hmm. um, four or five years from now, like what what will we be saying then? I think we'll be saying that Dahlin was a tier above um, Quinn Hughes. You know, that's yeah. You know, there've been rumors about Darlene's contract extension too. Oh yeah, no, I hadn't heard. Yeah, there was one report. I guess that maybe it's not very trustworthy now because it hasn't happened yet. That was like Sabres and Darlene close to like, uh, uh, I think it was like eight by ten and a half or something. Hmm. Neat. I would, I would sign that. If you Sabres. Were, really? Yeah. That's not. That doesn't scare you off ten and a half for Darlene. No. No, it doesn't scare really? me off. Not not one second. Third high. I don't know. I just I know like Makar and Adam Fox are on bargains and yeah. are the best. They're like nine and nine and a half or something right. like that. But I, Dalian, he just coming off. You know, his one finally broke onto the scene year. Had like seventy something points. I don't know. I feel like I I don't feel like you want to give him more than ten. Looks like a superstar to me. Um, and he's what twenty twenty three now. About that. Yeah. So. I, I would sign the ink quickly, without a second of a doubt. This is my ten and a half. This is my Leon Dreisaitl from back before his cheap ass extension. You know, we're like, you would sign him. What, what do you end up signing for again? Eight like, and a half. Dreisaitl. Eight and a half. You know, I would have signed him for nine back then. Really? Yeah, I signed him for. I signed Dialing for ten and a half. I wouldn't. I wouldn't lose a wink of fucking sleep. See, here's the thing. The funny thing with the Dreisaitl one, everyone. At the time, people use that now as an example of like, oh, hindsight, because the general consensus at the time was that's an overpay. I think we were both generally thinking like, oh, it's not that bad. I think it'll be fine. But the fact that that was the the context makes you go, oh, maybe they could have gotten him for eight instead of eight and a half if they negotiated better. Right. It could have been even more of a bargain. That's I think the same thing applies with Rasmus Dahlin here. That's fair. You can always ask for cheaper, right? Yeah. Uh, and especially if you consider the market, you know, you mentioned... Makar, you mentioned Fox. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, ideally you try to get him down to that range, right? And you say, these are comparables, right? Hopefully you can get to Makar's level. Um, but if at the end of the day we're at an impasse and it's 10 and a half or I don't know, we have to go through like RFA arbitration next year, I'm signing it. All right. Yeah, that's also the thing. They do have the full year. Right. And I think like how good could Rasmus Dahling possibly be this year that he is able to seriously demand more than 10 and a half? You know, that's the thing of like, what does the Sabres have to lose from waiting? Well, the cap goes up, right? Presumably, we assume. Yeah, but everyone knows that already. So. Yeah, but I don't think it's properly priced in, even then. I um, think 
every single time everyone's talking about any new contract that's more than like two years long, everyone's first thing, oh, the cap's going up. Right. I hate it. I literally, I hate this so much. Okay, I, I need to rant about this a little okay. bit. Okay, it's you, the context. You can't rag against the context. I am. But go ahead, rag it. No, well, the main thing I'm ragging against is the GMs who I think are are overcompensating in their psyche for like, oh, it's okay to have deals that look like they're overpays because the cap's <laughs> going to go up. And this is something we've talked about like like five, six years ago also. It, this was a talking point like when back when even when David Clarkson signed that like seven-year deal with the Leafs or whatever. They're like, oh, the cap's going to go up. The percentage is going to go down. And it's like when you're signing a deal, what you, you should be aiming for as a GM is a bargain. that, And if it's like fair now and then it – by the end of it, you should be saying, look how cheap this is. This is insane. This is crazy. Because it was signed way back in the day when the cap was less. You don't want to be going, oh, just a few more years, and then it'll look the cap hit will be appropriate to the value of the player. That's not what you want to do. I think it's something you can take into consideration. You know, I think it's, I think if you, if you choose the right players and you hand out smart contracts, you know, mm-hmm. You're not doing the overpay thing. What you should be doing. Aging players. I think it's fine. I think it's fine to price that in. Like, you know, when the Maple Leafs did it, and then it fucked them over, but that was because, you know, yeah. the pandemic happened. Yeah, right? what you should be doing is is having that in mind for, wow, we signed a deal that's really good. Think of how much better it'll be when the cap is like $90 million. Sure. Rather yeah. than, oh, this number looks big, but just think, in a year it's going to be only 8% or whatever. Yeah, but but especially on these longer-term contracts, you know, you're 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 taking the bet that – the the growth of the player will, will inevitably you know make it that bargain because you can't you know vary the cap it year to year mm-hmm. you you get a high now um and later on you're hoping it's going to be a bargain right that Rasmus Dahlin will be you know more than a ten and a half million dollar player what I'm when, arguing yeah. for I guess is that I think it is reasonable to to attempt to lock him up for less than that and make it a bigger bargain. I accept that argument. Thank you. It it sure it sure makes sense to try to negotiate him to get to a lower price point. Yeah. If no, the that, that, that's literally what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, that's and I feel like in, in general there's this acceptance of like, oh, the number looks really big, but just think it won't be that big later on. I think I'm okay with that acceptance for the right players, for the right circumstances. Yeah. You know, and I think not Miles Wood. Not quite. <laughs> um, right. So so when you sign a player like Miles Wood like that, right, you pay him too much. And do you really think he's going to, you know, develop and become a better player over the course of this contract? No. No. Now, now the only thing you're really relying on, right, is the cap going up and then the cap percentage going down. But meanwhile, his regression curve is going, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going to become a worse player. Now we're talking about an overpay throughout the whole thing. But we're talking about Razus Dalin, right? You're overpaying him a bit now, right? And that's with really any young player. You even look at Jake Sanderson as, like, that's another pretty extreme example we'll talk about later. Um, or now. Or now, do we want to mention anything about Adam Lowry? I we, we'll we... get a, we'll get back around to it. Okay, all right, sure. Um, but yeah, on that topic, Jake Sanderson, eight years, eight million dollars after, really what his rookie season? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do we think? I'm curious to see where you stand on this one. Yeah, I'm curious because to... I know you've been suffering from sticker shock. We mentioned in a, in a past episode from what sticker shock? You know where you see a contract. I was like, whoa, that's pretty big. And then you think about it, and it's like, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Who did uh, I say that in reference to? I can't remember. It was some big contract. It, it might was. have been Hagel. I think it was Hagel. Yes, it was Brandon Hagel. Yeah. Um, and Jake Sanderson, uh, I th- I think, well, the first thing that stuck out to me is that extra 50000 that makes him the highest paid <laughs> uh, defense <laughs> on the senders. Against Shabbat, yeah. yeah, it's very odd to me they wouldn't have just really the sends 
want to just put their their you know flag in the sand for like no you're both the number ones you're both making the same amount of money i don't know but i guess that's kind of a secondary detail i guess i i feel this a similar way about the sanderson deal that i do about this hypothetical darlene deal that hasn't even happened yet uh which is what would have been the harm in waiting for the sins um, and how good could Jake Sanderson possibly have been over the course of this season that you would have had to pay that much more than about eight million bucks AAV? That's a very valid question. I think, um, yeah, I think, well, you, you never know what happens over the course of a year, you know, in terms of dynamics. So sometimes maybe you just, you want to, if you can, if you got him down for eight years, he's agreed to it, might change his mind next year, you know, maybe he wants a bridge deal. Um, if he has another great season, um, and he's you know he doesn't want to lock up his already start to lock up his UFA years, um, you just don't know. So I, I I do appreciate the argument though of you could have waited, and if he were to sign an eight year deal next year, um, could he really make the argument for much more than this, right? Mm-hmm. With whatever season he has this year, probably not, right? Um, but you know the the, the question remains: he might not want an eight year deal next year, right? You you just never know with these kind of negotiations and. And whatnot. I just also, in general, I think I, Jake Sanderson, as a player, uh, is already, I think, a premier defensive defenseman. Very smooth skating. Yeah. Probably already among the best in the league in that department. Uh, not, not an offensive powerhouse at all. I think there is a chance there is some offense there to be unlocked. Um, but he really is more of a, a defensive specialist. And even giving that amount of money for that type of player who, like... Um, I think what you're probably hoping with the Sands is that, oh, maybe Jake Sanderson can become like a Jacob Slavin, you know? Uh, and if he really gets like the best in the league at that, okay, this number makes makes some sense. But there also still is some growth that would need to happen that is not a guarantee, I think, even for this current number to become fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the this extension is predicated on that growth happening, right? And that's a gamble the, the Sands are certainly taking, especially, you know, you, with a guy as young as Jake Sanderson, right? Development curves, especially earlier on, tend to be more volatile. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's not a it's not a risk free bet. He's nothing guaranteed. He's not like he, he hasn't really you know he hasn't been he's not superstar status just yet. Um, although he did you know he had that he looked really really good last year. Um, so no, there, there's an element of risk cooked into the contract, I think. Which you know, um, but I think if if you wait a few years for game this eight years, I could see the number being higher. You know if he really settles into, you know, being that defensive defenseman, and then now he can really kind of work on, you know, un- unlocking that offensive potential maybe. Um, and I think, he, look how good he is now. He's like, what, 20 years old, right? Mm-hmm. That's still a lot of years of development that he still has ahead of him um, to become as, you know, as, as good as he possibly can. I think he's 21. I think he's our draft year. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think so too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, rem- I'm remembering he was like a July 2002 Right. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, th- I think I saw that just when I was looking at this contract. He's richer um, than us. That that occurred to me too. Yes. When <laughs> I when I saw this contract, I Googled Jake Sanderson. I, I found his age and I saw that he was younger than me and he now has $64 million to his name. And I thought, damn, mm-hmm. I wish that was me. Yeah. Well, and we also deserve it because we are more skilled than him. So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was talking to my uh, senator's fan uncle the other day yeah. about this deal. Sure. He likes it. Yeah. Uh, but he also likes pretty much everything the Senators do, okay. and he thinks Jake Sanderson's going to win the Norris Trophy. Oh, Jesus Christ. All at right. some point. Sometimes it's hard for me to tell when he's joking. I don't think he's joking. <laughs> he thinks he's like about to become like a real contender for the Norris Trophy like this season. Oh, this season? Come on. Yeah. 
doesn't have the offensive guns for that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We'll see. It's we'll possible. See. It's within. You I never don't think know. So, but I don't think so either. Yeah, it's possible. Um. So yeah, that's Jake Sanderson on the on the Sanders as a whole. That's a lot of their core locked up now, eh? They have yeah. uh, what Sanderson now for eight. They have Stutzla. Stutzla. They have Kachuk for another bunch of years. They have mm-hmm. Josh Norris. Mm-hmm. They have Shabbat, like we mentioned earlier. Jonas so. Corpusalo. <laughs> uh-huh. Ew! Yikes. Um, this is their team. It is their team. They're this they're is digging the unprecedented in. window of success. <laughs> this is this is what we got to show for it. Yep. I mean, it's not the worst core. It's good players. Yeah. It feels like, it does feel like they should be better than they are. It does. Yes. And it does feel like again, last year just one long-term Josh Norris in- injury sunk their entire season. I think the forward depth, beyond like the top two lines, uh, is still a big weakness. Like when everyone's fully healthy, you're looking, you go, oh, maybe they can scratch and claw into the wild card spot, because like they've got like a good first line, a good second line, and a good third line, uh, and you know they've got Chikri now in the mix. They've got like a good top four on defense, um, and if Corpusalo, it's a lot of ifs for the Sens. And I feel like this has been the case with Pierre Dorian. For a lot of the past several years, like, oh yeah, if this goes well, and if that goes well, and if this goes well, and if that goes well, we might make the playoffs. And most playoff teams are going, oh yeah, just in general, we're probably going to make the playoffs. We don't have to have a million things fall into place. Yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of ifs. I think, you know, it, it they, they they it feels like they do take a step forward though, but n- not quite as much as you want, right? And and not to the point where, yeah, like you said, you don't feel confident that okay, the playoffs are a given. Um, it still feels like. You know they'll need to they'll need to really scratch their claw the way out of it, especially with that goaltending situation, which was interesting. Not solved, I believe. Um, although they they did try a solution with Corbisalo. Um Yeah, we'll see. It's an interesting team. I think they are the sixth best team in the Atlantic Division. Would you agree? Yeah. Only Detroit and uh, Montreal behind them. Yes. Yeah. Sure feels like it sure feels that way. Mm-hmm. Which like, yeah, that's that's the strange thing. Like like you were saying, it feels like they have a good core. You know, a good core group of players. And yet, are they better than but the Bruins, sh- the Leafs, the Lightning, the Panthers, the Sabers? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. It's like a conundrum. You know. Yeah. I guess he should have just done done a better job. Uh huh. But they also don't have to brink it there anymore. Yeah. Did you see the the thing? Apparently, did you see the report. He. Uh, Really didn't like being stuck on that second line behind Kachuk. To bring it? Yeah, and that was one of the reasons why he asked out. Maybe really? The main reason, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I, I guess going into it was kind of they were kind of going to have like two 1A lines, one with Stutzel, one with Norris. Yeah. And, but but I guess was this really like, oh, Brady Kachuk has to play with Stutzel and Dabrinka doesn't and he gets stuck with like Shane Pinto or Ridley Gregg or something? I have no idea. I think that maybe was that what might, was going yeah, on. Yeah, once Norris left, right? There was no one mm-hmm. really to fill that hole. Um, well, now you get to go play with Dylan Larkin, <laughs> which I admittedly is an upgrade on Shane Pinto. It is, but I, maybe I don't know if if Lucas Raymond gets back on his feet, maybe he'll be stuck with JT Comper or Andrew Cop. So, who knows? Best of luck to Alex Debrincat. Yeah. That is Debrincat. Debrincat. Sounded like you said Debrincat. Debrincat. No, not quite. Okay. All right. See, so yeah, Adam Lowry. Yeah. Back to Adam. Um, on the Jets. Wow, what a pick. Interesting. Former son of the coach. See, what I'm thinking is, why am I surprised? <laughs> yeah. 
we've been able to even before Dave Lowry, and I guess that was also a symptom of it. This team just <laughs> is in love with Adam Lowry so deeply. Um, he's, I guess, their third line center. Kind of their second one, maybe now that Dubois is gone, unless like Velarde or Perfetti or someone uh, takes in that position. Um, but this is really the, uh, um, like the locker room leader type of guy, <sighs> which of course there's something to be said for the captain actually, you know, leading not only on the ice, but on one hand, I think naturally whether they have a letter or not, the best players on the team are leaders and they are players that the rest of the team looks to and how they're playing does set the tone for the rest of the entire team. You know, so that is why in general, uh, a captain and even the alternates are among or might be the very best players on the team. Um, and so I was I, I was expecting this to be Josh Morrissey. I, was, I don't know what Josh Morrissey's like you know, in the locker room, but even though Adam Lowry has the C on his shirt, we all know that it's still Shifley, Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey, Connor Hellebuck, as long as he's there, who are actually setting the tone for this team. And I think that's true for every team. Yeah. I feel like it speaks poorly to the vibes still that remain on the Winnipeg Jets. Like we don't that, trust the top guns? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't trust the top guns. Um, you know, we don't trust Connor Hellebuck to stay, right? Um, for well, some reason. He well, couldn't be captain. So. Yeah. I mean, didn't he already uh, say he's not resigning? That's why we don't trust him oh, to stay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so you scratch that one. Um, for some reason, not putting Josh Morrissey as the guy. Um, we don't trust Nick Ehlers, um, and because they they fucking mismanaged the hell out of him, you know, put him on the fourth line, and whatnot. Um, you know, we don't trust Kyle Connor, right? Uh, and so they they get the fucking old guy there um, who centers the third line to to put as the captain. Um, it just doesn't feel, yeah, like they 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 put the explicit faith into their top players, and they're just you know they're giving it to the old favorite, Adam Lowry. Adam Lowry, coach's son. That's right. Oh it still feels true, even though it's not true. Yeah, it and does. it still is an accurate descriptor of him, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a good vibe. Not at all. It's not a good vibe. I, uh, not not a good feeling out of Winnipeg. I gotta say. Then I think Cheryl Dale had a quote the other day that was like, "Our focus is on winning" or something like that. Well, I don't so. I don't know. No, but I want to try. It was very heavily implied, like, "Oh yeah, we're still." Remember uh-huh. a few years ago when Paul Maurice was still with the Jets, and he was like, "Every year is like a Stanley Cup year," and they were finishing like twelfth yeah, in the yeah, yeah, conference yeah. or something. Uh-huh. It gave off that same energy of like, of course we're trying to, ah, you know, yikes. make the playoffs, win the Stanley Cup. They're gonna let him walk for nothing, aren't they? Um, see, I, I mean, the optimistic part of me, if I were a Jets fan, would be like, oh, they're just, what, what are they gonna say? Yes, we desperately want to get rid of Connor Hellebuck, and that kind of tanks his value, makes you look desperate, you know. That, that's the general play, you know. You go, oh, we could keep him. We could just ride this out. Yeah. But it's reached the point of the season, you know, where we're now we're we're into the season. Everyone's made their off-season moves. You know, the time to do it really is July first, when everyone's got that cap flexibility, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not to say it's impossible now, but it's just a lot harder. Yeah. Right. To move a goalie of all things, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you consider, you know, the other cap situations. The other consider uh, other teams' goalie situations. Now you're talking about a quite. You're really limiting your market um, more so than you know if you trade them like a few months ago. So you know, by all means, don't don't declare a liquidation fire sale on Connor Hallibuck, you know, but yeah. And, and, you know, Oh, we could keep him, but it seems like at this point we were really leaning towards we're keeping him because trading him just becomes more and more difficult as every day passes by. Yeah. I looked up shovel day off on Twitter to try and find this quote, Yeah, but I can't find it. Cause now it's mostly talking about Adam Lowry stuff. Okay. And here's what, uh, Murat, how do you pronounce this name? Murat, Ates. Murat. No clue. And you 
Oh, sorry about that, but Jets Athletics, the Athletic, that's what it's called, the Athletic, yep. the Athletic, the Jets guy. Applause from the gathered Jets staff in the room as Kevin Chevalier announces Adam Lowry as Jets captain. Oh, Lowry blushed. He blushed. He blushed. He blushed. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's my captain. <laughs> King. Yeah. Oh, and a new uh, alternate captain for the Canadians, too. No, I didn't see that. Michael Matheson. Oh. Wearing the A. Lovely. Along with Brendan Gallagher now. Fun. That's great. Yeah. Good for him. Truly. He said he had some quote about it because, you know, he grew up in, like, Point Claire. Went to John Rennie High School. Mm. Um, He's like, you know, growing up, he dreamed to play for this team. Now I got a letter to dream come true. Stuff like that. That's a nice vibe. Yeah. It's a nice vibe for Mike Matheson. Uh, he really had a, a turnaround. He did. No, but, like, because he had a turnaround in Pittsburgh. Because after that... He's still on a very long deal he signed with the Panthers after right. like playing 70 NHL games or yeah. something. And that time we're like, whoa, what are they thinking? And he kind of sucked and traded to Pittsburgh and still sucked. And then one year, which was the 21-22 the season, suddenly he, he, was, he was great. He was awesome. And that's when Montreal acquired him. And we were kind of thinking like, oh, they bought high on this guy who's only had one good year. And then he had a second good year and was by far the Canadians' best defenseman when he was healthy. Um and is and it seems to be worth this deal. And now he's wearing the A. What's up with that? Look at that. What a feel good story. Yeah. He has good vibes. Good stuff. After after sucking shit for so long and being a laughing stock. Yeah. Incredible that that switch happened. Yeah. Went really from from the bottom to the top. Yeah, no. He was he was someone, you know, we actively laughed at, and especially his contract situation. You we know? had an episode called Michael Badthison. We really did. Um and here he here he is now. He crazy turn around the likes we've never seen before well i'm sure there's been something like it before well have they had a podcast episode named after them mocking them yes on this specific podcast maybe you never know (laughs) all right so yeah adam lowry bad vibes um you know you know it's a good vibe what matt bay mishkov switching teams and escaping the bad vibes of ska petersburg yeah that's right ska ska um, my favorite music genre it is it's fun to say um but yeah he's been loaned to sochi where he was i think last season right um had a last season or the season before i don't remember um but he uh he had lots of success um back in sochi where he was um back in the day when he was you know given the proper usage that he never found in petersburg st petersburg so uh yeah after that saga that we reported on what a week ago two weeks ago a week ago i think mm-hmm. um Looks like he's heading to a better situation, so you love that for Madvey Mitchkov. Yeah, you know, there's four games with Petersburg. Healthy scratch, healthy scratch. Did you see how much ice time he had in the third game? Nope. Six minutes. No. Um, no shots on goal. Thanks. No stats, etc. Uh, healthy scratched again in the fourth game. Ah, oh, okay. Yep. So yeah, disaster. Mm-hmm. Which is it's odd because we were talking about St. Petersburg, like, oh, you know, wanting to send the message. They're like, oh, if you want to go to North America, we hate you, and we're gonna make you miserable. I feel like loaning him to Sochi is is would undermine that message if that were the message. Yes. So I'm very confused now as to St. Petersburg's motives in all this. You know, I think my vibe is that uh, you know, while while it was the maybe a, the prevailing theory at the time, this whole like you know, pre- having it be related to him defecting to the NHL eventually down the road, you know. Maybe he, uh, the just St. Petersburg coach just didn't like him. You know? 
as a as oh, because it's a new guy, right? A, a new, new guy, guy who like doesn't know anything about hockey, who doesn't know shit about hockey, right? Who's completely incompetent, completely like, like Putin's friend's son or something. Yeah, like oligarch hire, you know, just like mm-hmm. just awful, just the worst cronyism uh, that happens in the KHL. The peak example. And it's so, like if Hunter Biden was coaching the Washington Capitals. <laughs> fucking right. And uh, so it might just be, at the end of the day, it was the simplest explanation, which is that the coach didn't like him as a player, just, you know, based on his on-ice results. He didn't score insane. a single goal. <laughs> That's right. Or as a person. Or as a person, yeah. Maybe, maybe the coach doesn't like him because, you know, he's going to defect down the road. But it's not an organizational thing. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, this 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 will benefit Madvey Mishkov to be loaned to Sochi, right? Unless they also healthy scratch him. Yeah, right. But that's unlikely. It is unlikely. After a loan. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Maybe there's not this league-wide conspiracy. Mm-hmm. It was just a coach-wide conspiracy. You know what league Madvey Mishkov is not getting healthy scratched in? What league? The PWHL. That's right. Let's talk about it. What a transition. Thank you. <laughs> Sparkling. There hasn't been a single game yet in this league. How can Matt Mitchkov be scratched in uh, one of them? That coach will find a way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the the free agent signing period, like we talked about how this, uh, it's a fun process to, to start the league, right? We got the, the free agents, then the, the draft, and then more free agents. Mm-hmm. Um, every team can, in that first free agent period, can sign up to three players. That first period is over. All six teams have their three players. Um, and, yeah, just thought we'd go over them. I just have one question before we start talking about this. Yeah. Do you know what the name is of like the championship trophy in this league? No. I uh, don't. Does it have one? I don't know. I'm gonna look this up. PWHL. I haven't seen anything about Cham. And one of the old leagues I know is the Isabel Cup. Yeah. I don't know. It, sometimes they'll just transfer those. PWHL championship trophy name. It'd be very important to know. Um, Professional Women's Hockey League. Dun dun dun. Founded August 29th, 2023. That's the one. Um, yeah, I don't see anything. All right. Well, either way, the front runner for this trophy is the Montreal team. That's right. No question in my mind. Incredible. They've got the best player in the world, Marie-Philippe <laughs> Poulain. Um, you know, the only player to score in like four Olympic gold medal games. they got the best goalie in the world, and René Dubien who uh, has dominated recently for Canada at all international tournaments. And they have uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain's fiance Laura Stacey. Um, so the vibes coming out of just these three players on this team are immaculate already. Best, best, best skater in the world, best goalie in the world, and one, the, 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 the wife-to-be of one of them. So how, you, can't, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong yeah, with this team. That's right. And Laura Stacey, who's already excellent in her own right. Yes. Right? And, uh, yeah, just to, like, you know, you, if you're a budding franchise, you're happy with... Either of Mary Philip Poulain or Henri De- and Rene Dubien, you'd be ecstatic about it, right? Mm-hmm. Cornerstone of your franchise, best goalie or best forward or best player overall. Um, but yeah, Montreal's both. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it you can allocate to uh, the, the fortunate that both of these players come from the area, live in the area, presumably. Um, and so, you know, sure makes it easy for them to, to sign here. So good for them. I would say the, the second best looking team is Boston right now. Because they've got the second best skater in the world and the second best goalie in the world, <laughs> Hillary Knight, and uh, Aaron Frankel, who has 24 only, but has recently completely dominated college. And actually, I think uh, according to the Athletic here, uh, Haley Haley Salvian has a great article, given some some uh, 
background information on every single one of these signings. Actually broke uh, some of Andrew Nedebian's college goaltending records. Um, so yeah, the league is it's finally coming together. It's starting to feel real. And honestly, I'm extremely excited to go watch some games. Yeah, in Montreal. And I have the feeling it won't. It will not be that expensive. But I also have a feeling it won't stay that way for long. Right. I am. I'm pretty optimistic that this league is going to get extremely popular fast. Especially because like Marie-Philippe Poulain is like a living legend of the sport. You know, who's now like playing for the hometown team of Montrealers, which is you know that type of thing has existed before, but it's obviously you know n- never felt as consolidated and as kind of put together as an official product as it finally is now yeah no it feels like this is the best iteration we've had so far mm-hmm. uh women's hockey it feels the, the most put together it feels like there is the most hype overall um surrounding it so um yeah definitely go excited to go go check a game out um see what it's about because uh yeah already shaping up to be you know you got a lot of talent on these rosters as for boston they also added megan keller who uh yes quite a quite a spectacular defenseman uh, you know defender so that's uh yeah like you're saying Boston Montreal looks like um those two teams are the early favorites yeah, we have a draft to go we have another free agent period to go mm-hmm. but just based off these three players um yeah do you notice there was only one player who signed in this early free agent period who signed outside of their native country who was that um I think it was for New York yeah Micah Zandy Hart mm. defender. Interesting. Um, everyone else, the Americans signed for American teams, the Canadians signed for Canadian teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just interesting. Makes sense. Does make sense. Mm-hmm. I also know because um, it's unsure whether this contract information beyond the term is actually going to be public, like the salaries that they're yeah. making. Um, there might be like the players know amongst themselves, but publicly the fans don't know. Um, I don't know how long it's going to stay that way. But it also, I know in the past, that's definitely been an implication. Like, oh, if I'm playing professional women's hockey, I probably also have to work another job. Right. You know, and I have to, um, so I still have to live where I live. Uh, so in the past, like in those drafts in the, the Canadian League, the American League, it was like teams wouldn't draft a player if they didn't already live in or near that city or knew that they could come to that city. Right. So if there were, it wasn't much of a draft really as so much as it was like, Pick. I know who could come play for my team, and it's kind of a formality, you know, to pick them. Yeah. So, see, I mean, obviously, hopefully, it gets to the point uh, where that's not to be considered anymore, and this could be, you know, a full time job right. to be a professional athlete. Yeah. yeah. No, and we we get to see uh, we get to see more player movement. Right. It just makes it all more interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, this is a great start. Um. And uh, excited for things to come. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a snake draft. Yeah. You see that. That's going to be this week. Um, yeah. Never heard of a professional League doing a, a snake order draft. Can you, can well, you it's because this is like an inaugural draft. Right. That's yeah. why. So no, it, makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, nothing against it. I'm just noting. I've never seen that before. Mm. So it's fun. Well, I guess when was the last time there has been like an inaugural draft for any league? that I? That's true. That I've that I've properly followed. Mm-hmm. This might be the first. I think so. Yeah. Cool. I think it's the first for me also. Exciting. That That is very exciting. Um. So now I guess it's time for our draft. Yeah, this one should be fun. This I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. This Very excited. One. Um, you may remember two years ago, after Olivia Rodrigo's debut album Sour was released, uh, twelve songs we drafted them. Do you remember who won that draft? I think it was I'm, me. I'm, I'm gonna. I was going to look that. That's up honestly right that's now. a very good idea. We should have done this before. Um, 
I, if I remember correctly, I ended up with both uh, Good For You and Deja Vu. And you got Driver's License and Brutal, which were kind of seen as a consensus top four. Mm. Are you pulling it up? Pulling it up. My Wi-Fi is acting pretty slowly, so it's not... All right. I'm on the archive, but it's all, like, black, you know? Well, actually, interestingly, uh, after that album came out, we reached out to Olivia Rodrigo, and, and we said, thank you very much for having exactly 12 songs on your album. It allowed us to draft the songs perfectly on our hockey podcast. For your next album, can you also include exactly 12 songs so we can do the same thing? And she wrote back and she said, yes, of course, I was going to include probably, like, 11, but I will write an extra one just to have 12. I love your show. Keep up the good work. And we right. said, thank you, Olivia. Yeah. This is a true story, by the way. I can attest. Do not fact check this. Why would you? Yeah. Even if you did, us. you'd find that the facts are correct. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I dare you. Fact yeah, check them. I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> Ask her yourself. <laughs> I promise she won't tell you that we were wrong. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have the results. 64% voted for you. Okay, so, so I won the last one. Looking to defend my Olivia Rodrigo album oh, championship. Um, I So this album came out, it was four days ago now at this point? I think so. Uh, I listened to it when it came out. Yeah. I've listened to the whole thing twice, but there are the, my several songs that I like the best. I've listened to them much more than twice. I honestly, I think, I think cause we've talked a bit about this when we did the last draft about Olivia Rodrigo being a quote unquote industry plant, mm-hmm. and there's an element of truth to that. So much you know promotion, but I think we shouldn't underestimate the fact that there are a lot of attempted industry plans, and if people don't like them, they're not going to get popular. <laughs> you know, right? No one's no one's as good as her. No one's as good as an industry plan as her. And yeah, she deserves credit for that. Absolutely. Yeah, she's incredible. And even there's been like some comparisons to actually. No, I'll to I was going to Taylor Swift, but I feel like. This will be better talked about as we go through the songs. All right. Because I don't want to give away ones that I particularly okay. like. But. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I got to get I gotta get some redemption here um, and, and try to figure this out. So, makes sense that I go first. I lost yes. the last draft. I lost the last Olivia Rodrigo draft. So you sure did. In both senses, I uh, should get the first pick. Um, all right. It's tricky because I have no gauge. Of what the people like. Really? You know, because I know there's the two singles, right? And I know Vampire went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do the people like? It's only been four days. I've got know? a bit of gauge. You got a bit of gauge? I have no gauge. I have no fucking gauge. You know, <laughs> so this is just my take and and my fucking taste, you know, as I was saying before. I'm going to also mostly draft for my own taste, though, I'll be okay. honest. All right. Anyways, my first pick, my favorite song on this album, as of right now, as I'm recording, is Get Him Back. <sighs> Wow, okay. he has a shocked face. Okay, defend that. Defend it. It's just that it's a bop, all right? It's the song that I go back to to listen when I when I got the I got the track list, you know? It's the it's the one I'll uh it's the one I tend to pick first. It's just uh it's a banger I find. Okay, wow. I before we started recording, yeah. I said there's a direction I hope that you go in. Okay. The one in my head? Yeah. I thought was realistic. Okay. This one, I wouldn't have thought in my wildest dreams. Oh, boy. This is my 11th favorite song wow, on the album. Wow, interesting. It, when I, the first time I listened to it, I was like, this, this doesn't really fit. This sounds like kids bop. The back of both. Ah, you know, I honestly, I've only listened to it twice, so I don't even really remember how it goes. But the vibe of the chorus, it, it feels like a choir of 12-year-olds singing it. It does. And I'm shocked you were going to leave me with the best song on the album, Vampire. Really? It's the, it was the single. I think it was the right choice for a single. Um, I, uh, I think it was a great bridge from Sour to Guts, you know, okay. as a single. Um, and specifically, uh, the melody, I, I guess technically it's the chorus. The dun, 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 dun. 
You know that part? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And because it's the same form of the pattern repeated over again, but every time there's like one note that's different, and then eventually it climbs up. I think it's great. And I think what really works well about it is it's not really a chorus. It feels like a pre-chorus, but then there's, there's ultimately no chorus building after it. So there's there's a little there's that unresolved tension, you know. Mm. I think it's really an excellent melody, um, and it's uh, it's the best best one on the album, and I think most people agree with me. Really? Yeah. I think it's. Where did I have it? I had like eighth. Why? Eighth. I don't know. Maybe I've over, I've heard it too much. Maybe it's the the overhearing. I've liked it better than what I've heard it. Was that? I've really? liked it better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought about taking it in the top four, putting it there on my list, and then eventually settled back down. I think uh, overplayed. And well, I, whose fault is that? Everyone. Um, well, why do they play it so much? They love it. I hate overplayed as a criticism. Fair. But anyway, of the, the other part I like about it, you know, I'm sure you know halfway through when the, the drums enter and provide like right. a backbeat. Yeah. Well, because this is something that she does quite often on this album is like the the loud, quiet, loud, quiet kind of alternation. This one, what I think is very cool about it is when the drums come in, the song actually slightly slows down, mm. even though it feels more rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. You like that bit? I think it's I think it's really cool. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Solid musical analysis. That's me. There we go. Go ahead. Mr. Music Major. Well done. Thanks. All right. Okay. Next up. Hmm. I think I'll go with the other single, then. I'll go with Bad Idea, right? That's what I was hoping you were going to take first. Uh, okay, really? Yes. Okay. I think it's a bop. I think it's fun. And it's some, I think it's more listenable than Vampire. What, the the hell, what does that mean? It's more listenable because I can I can listen to it on repeat more, I find. This This is one of the songs I've only listened Well, I listened to it when it came out Yeah. as a, when a single. I've only listened to it twice since the album came out. I don't love it. Really? It's my eighth favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think, I well, I do think, first of all, the chorus is melodically boring. It's mostly the same note over and over again. Um, and another thing, you know, she does on the album quite a bit is kind of, it's, I, think, I think it's wrong to call it rapping, but, you know, like rhythmic, like sure. singing without a melody type yeah. of thing. I think this song is maybe like the, the least enjoyable example of it. Mm-hmm. That's an that's an understandable criticism. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think it's fun though, you know? Okay. This is the vibe I'm going with. It's uh the lyrics are nice, you know? It's just like it's a head bopper. And yeah, it's not the most melodically interesting. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But uh like I said, it's a jam. Alright, I'm gonna take the second best song on the album. All, right. all American Bitch. Okay, interesting. Opening song. Yeah. First of all, what I will say is Olivia Rodrigo said this is her favorite song on the album, mm-hmm. and I think I think I trust her opinion on this type of thing. Um, this is actually I was gonna, this is a song I was going to talk about in reference to comparing to Taylor Swift and how Olivia Rodrigo is just miles ahead of Taylor Swift in terms of how how good she is at writing songs, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Do you know the song "The Man" by Taylor Swift? Yes, it stinks. It does stink, and because so it's a song you know about misogyny. Sure. Right. That's an interesting topic to discuss in a song. Taylor Swift's song is essentially like, there are double standards, and I am a woman, so I suffer from that, you know? True. But, like, I don't care about that in the form of a song, you know? 
to to is like understand. That's what the song is about. Understand my problems. Right. Olivia Rodrigo. What she does in this song is just puts forward how she feels without telling you how you should feel about it. You know, it's just like this is my re. My, I love think the opening line is great. I'm as light as a feather and as stiff as the board. And those good lyrics make you fill fill in the gaps yourself. You know. And of course, got that that loud, quiet, loud, quiet uh, interpolation, which I really love. Beethoven did that all the time. Was it him? Who did the surprise symphony? Was that Beethoven? The one that was like super quiet, and then like the king would fall asleep, and then it would be super loud, and it would wake him I up. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is Taylor's oldest time, uh, going loud, going going quiet, then going loud. Um, I'll warn her not to overuse it on her next album, though. You know, and I don't think that'll be a problem. Everyone's always finding new waters um yeah so that song rules all right sounds good um do i have a counter for that i get bored halfway through the song why i don't know i just it's just like you know it's 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 becomes sonically uninteresting i find I after could, you picked bad idea right what do you mean all american bitches sonically uninteresting i don't know it's just like you know the, 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 it, it starts off and you're like you know this is good i think mm. i have it ranked sixth you know it's not a bad one. And then I just like start nodding off. I'm like, okay. Nodding off? I just skipped a bad idea, right? Oh, uh, what's wrong <laughs> with you? you? I always forget how terrible your music taste is. Oh, it's awful. I've been told by many people at this point. <laughs> but I'm going to win this draft. I'm going to win this draft. You'll, you'll, you'll see it. No chance. Oh, 100%. All right. I'm getting all my top picks right now. It's crazy. All your top picks. All my <laughs> top picks. Top two. Uh, I, I, contemplated, I contemplated asking people what their favorite songs were. You know, um, but then I didn't end up doing it because I thought that might jeopardize the integrity. You know, no, no, you, you should have done that. Should have done You'd that. You're definitely doing better than you are now. Yeah, which is you know what? No, that's not possible because uh, I'm doing the best <laughs> best I could be doing. Make it's incredible. Pick. All right, my next pick: making the bed. That's my number twelve out of twelve. I'm not. Oh I'm not even God. joking. What? This song you called. What? You said all American bitches sonically uninteresting, and you pick. It's me who's been making the bed. Uh, that's my. That's the number. That's the skip. That's the one skip on the album, honestly. No chads. Yes. No chads. Um, I'm wiping the floor with you. It's my favorite full song. By the way, just to be clear, we are yeah. trying to draft the the best. Oh songs, Jesus Christ! Not the worst. Yeah, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're, yeah. I know yeah, sometimes yeah. you do draft the worst okay. things. Draft. This is not one of those. Just make sure we're on the same page. All right. Yes. I like it. It's nice. That's Making cool. the bed. I think it's I think it's boring. Yeah? Yeah. Really? I do. Hmm. Very much so. And now I'm going to draft um, my number three song, uh, Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl. Mm. What do you think about this one? I bet you love it. It's pretty good. I would have made it my next pick. You would have. Yeah, I would have. Good, glad I picked it now then. Yeah. I think it rules. So this is basically... This is a song about uh, social anxiety. And I th- this is, again, I think of like, oh, like Taylor Swift, you compared Taylor, Taylor Swift definitely, you can see her degree of, of fakeness that I think turns me off. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when Olivia Rodrigo is basically singing like, every time I have an awkward social interaction, I want to kill myself. <laughs> like, And it's like, you know, and I feel like everyone can relate to that, at least on on some level, you know. To, to take a very real human experience of like awkwardness, social awkwardness, and kind of ramp up the intensity and make it feel like it's the biggest thing in the world, you know? Mm. So it makes a, it makes a good song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's uh, 
even if it seems to even if it seems to be targeted towards a very specific audience. I don't feel title, that way. In the t- no, I'm saying you know, it works. Yeah, it even reaches if, the people. Even if it's called homeschooled, you know, ballad the homeschooled. That's girl. the thing. A lot of people are saying like, "Oh, I wasn't homeschooled," but I feel that way. And I think yeah. in this context, it's like homeschool can also be like, "Oh, like learning things inside my own head." You know, mm. homeschooled as in just reserved, individualistic, like not not individualistic as in selfish, but you know what I mean. Like very kind of introverted, inward yeah. thinking, which makes it harder to talk to people. You know, it's an interesting interpretation. Yeah, but yeah, I think it works. It's a good song. It rules. Yeah. Your turn. All right. Oh, boy. Now time to take your 10th. <laughs> time to take the 10th song on your list. If I haven't done that before. Um, let's see. All right. I-, I was telling you before we started the draft, the middle, you know, section of the middle portion of the draft mm-hmm. is where I have no fucking clue where to go. You're lost. Yeah, I'm lost as hell. Okay. And and we've reached it. What is it? Fourth pick now? Fourth you, pick yeah, it's we? your fourth pick. We're yeah. halfway done. Nice. Lovely. Um, hmm. Let's. I'm. I'm contemplating. I'm gonna go with another bop. I'm gonna go with "Love Is Embarrassing." I fucking love that one. Yeah. Well done. It's uh It's a banger. Thank you. Wow. A compliment. Yeah. What do you know? Now you know I'm being genuine with all my insults. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um. After getting slaughtered for three rounds, uh, it's it's good to get a good one. Yeah. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. All my other ones were good ones. No. It's my fourth <laughs> good one. This is my fourth good one. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. My last. Honestly, I do prefer Love is Embarrassing to Ballad of a Homeschool Girl. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to take Ballad of a Homeschool Girl if I took Love is Embarrassing, which you admitted was the case. Yes. So now I didn't, whichever one I right. didn't take, you were going to take. So maybe I you should have taken the one that you like better. Well, I'm a, whatever. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Um, but I also love this next song I'm going to take. Yeah. Teenage Dream. It's the where you're shaking Ten your head. favorite song. Really? Yes. The last one on the album. Maybe I feel like as as an artist, this is a relatable one for me. Okay. Um, because you know I've been writing songs for for many years. Yeah. And at several points, I've gone to the point where I'm like, oh no, what if I've already written the best song I'm ever gonna write, and I'm never gonna be able to improve? And like, I'm only like 17 or 18 mm-hmm. or 19 or 20 or 21, you know. Mm. But then you know, eventually, you 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 realize that you are improving, but there's a constant anxiety that at one point you're gonna like forget how to be creative. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a good closer. I think it's a good cap on the album that also looks to the future of like, yeah, I'm going to keep growing up. I'm going to keep making music, you know? I think it's it's funny to think about someone like Olivia Rodrigo who like got so popular like like, you know, very young and had like immediately two extremely famous albums and how if she keeps on making an album every 2 years, she's going to end up like 80 years old with like 30 albums. Right cool it's pretty crazy at that pace that's right uh yeah we got a good xg per 60 right now there you go <laughs> or xa x expected albums that's right xb expected bangers yeah that's right all right so fifth round hmm got two i could go with pretty they're pretty similar um i'll go with logical hmm that's my my next pick. Um, Are you thinking two plus two equals five? Exactly. You know, getting gaslit. Relatable. You know, don't want to do that. No, so, it's not. What What's gaslighting? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like. Uh, Wait, logical isn't on this album. 
oh fuck I must have messed that up god damn yeah, it yeah you're insane oh no this is terrible <laughs> I wanna leave now um <laughs> but yeah um hmm what's my defense for this song it's always a good sign <laughs> Uh, I think it's, it's a nice piano tune, you know? Okay. And, uh, the words are nice. Sure. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to say, I think in my personal opinion, yeah. I feel like there's a very, there's a clear division between like the top six and the bottom six mm-hmm. on this album, at least in my personal opinion. I'm about to get my fifth out of my top six, oh, uh, okay. which is pretty isn't pretty. Oh, I do not like that song. What don't you like about it? It's boring. The message is boring. She doesn't. The message is like you know, like societal expectations of beauty and whatnot. But she doesn't present it in any sort of like interesting way. It's just like see, those, I, I think, try all this, and I can never meet the standard. See, I don't think she's talking about the standard. I think again, she's just talking about how she feels. She's talking about herself, and then I think what you're imposing onto that, you're extrapolating is like, oh, because there's a standard. You know, mm. and but even so, the 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 message is not really the reason I like this song. Okay. I think it just sounds kind of cool, kind of like uh, '80s vibe, kind of Alan Parsons, uh, "Eye in the Sky" kind of gave me that type of you know that song. I am the eye in the sky, kind of sounded a bit like nope. that. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of a cool new flavor of music on the album introduced right near the end. Um, I dig it. There we go. It's my fifth pick. The vibe was nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a 12 because the message just didn't resonate with me. I was like, oh, really? Oh, my God. I'm so fucking bored. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just didn't like the way that the message was presented. I was. What's, I don't even like the word message to talk about this song. Yeah. Talk about any song in general. Okay, like, what's the message? Enough. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm just no, saying no, stuff. Not, like, me- not that there's a message you're trying to, you know. Like a moral. Not, not that there's no moral, right? It's just like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like I've like, heard this thing before. You we're know? changing topics right now. Yeah. This made me think of this. Have I talked to you about Musical Monday? No, I haven't. I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast either. My friend uh, Emma showed me a few months ago. There's this, I think they're more popular on TikTok than they are on YouTube. Yeah. It's called Improv Broadway. Okay. And they're always posting like improv stuff. Uh, and there's one thing they do on Monday. Two of them do Musical Monday. Well, actually three of them because one of them plays the piano. And basically, the bit is that they pretend they're singing a musical that exists that no one knows about, but they're yeah. really making it up on the spot. Okay. Uh, and the one today's Tuesday, so this was yesterday. Uh, it was a musical about jealousy. Sure. Uh, and the second song they did it was like some kind of priest who was trying to teach someone not to be jealous by giving like Bible examples. Okay. But the examples were actually cases of Jesus being too jealous and being punished for it. <laughs> it, was, it was like Jesus was jealous of like. This thing or that thing, and then yeah. like, so he was struck down by a bolt of lightning or whatever. <laughs> it was very funny. Nice. That's a song that has a moral. Don't be jealous. Okay, that's right. This song doesn't have a moral. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's fine. But I just, yeah, I, I, I got mentally bored. Um, but you know, okay. it's got a nice vibe to it. I, I will concede that. All right, there I'm are two songs like, left, and honestly. I'd be satisfied with either one of them because I think you've took my like 10, 11, and 12 okay. already. So. All right. Hmm. I think, so yeah, what's left is Lacey and The Grudge. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who to pick? I think I'll pick Lacey. Okay. Yeah. It's got a fun line, you know? The the, the second line, uh, I think, yeah, it was Erickson's Burner who tweeted um, about this song. She was like, 
when she's a lacy, lacy skin, like puff pastry. Mm-hmm. And all she can think about is like a fucking croissant. And she put a picture of a croissant. Same vibe. Same vibe. Now I can't stop thinking about it. Skin like puff pastry. Yeah. Skin like puff pastry. What the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Right. And then it's kind of a weird line. Yeah. And it bothered me. And for the longest time, I had 11th on this list because of that line. It just threw me <laughs> off so much. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's unique. It stands out. Mm-hmm. Even if it makes no fucking sense. At least to me. Like, what is, does she mean cooked pastry? Cooked puff pastry? Uncooked puff pastry? I don't know. If it's cooked puff pastry, does that mean the skin is peeling? And it's like, <laughs> that's unappealing? Yeah, because I'm trying to think, because like, is there some kind of deeper meaning to this line? Like, I don't know much about pastry. Is it because it's sweet? It's like, oh, Not particularly. your skin is sweet. Not really. I mean, who's eating? Why is she eating the skin? <laughs> it was like, oh, you're a sweet person <laughs> on the inside. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or, or maybe you, you look sweet on the outside, but underneath you're not actually sweet. You look like the fucking Pillsbury Doughboy. Lacy, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lacy, you look like the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. You know, uh, and, and that line, I hated that line. But, you know, yeah. I've come around to it, especially if I'm picking between this and the grudge, which I think is like seventh, which is, you know, I think it's pretty mediocre. Um, all, yeah, considering, you know, all the songs. You, you said you put Lacy at 11th. Yeah, that's right. And now I've shot it up. I've decided <laughs> to take it over because this line is is, is just, it's it's I've, I've decided it works as a bit. All right, and and the rest you're of the just, song... you're just pretending to decide that because you drafted it. That's what you're doing. No, well, I I, I fully could have picked the grudge, but I picked lazy, and 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 that's a conscious choice. Oh yeah, I have no regrets about. Um, do you have a theory as to who this song is about? I have, saw I, like, you know, the like conspiracies? Ooh, Taylor Swift or whatever the fuck. Yeah, some people think yeah. it's about Taylor Swift. Some people think it's about Sabrina Carpenter. Mm. You know that whole Sabrina. Yeah, Car- that whole slide. And. My reason I think it is about about Sabrina Carpenter yeah. is because I think near the end Olivia Rodrigo is doing a really good Sabrina Carpenter impression, mm. like with her voice. Oh. I think it's making it sound a lot like Sabrina Carpenter's actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Neat bit. Gets the people talking, which is yeah. why it's such a great song. Yeah. So I'm drafting the Grudge. Fucking Not that I have a choice, but yeah. honestly, I think last overall this is tremendous value. Mm. I think a lot of people said it sounds like Driver's License. And the downside of that is like, oh, yeah, you know, obviously you don't want a song that sounds too much like another song you're already done. But the other side of that is Driver's License is like one of the best songs she's ever written. So if it sounds like that, it's probably pretty good, too. In isolation. Hmm. I thought it was just pretty unmemorable, you know? No, I didn't, I didn't find any parts of it particularly grating or anything. I've, you, just... know, you know what I found grating was Get Him Back, which you picked first overall. <laughs> <laughs> which still stuns me. This Come is on, the most shocking draft choice you've ever made. It's fucking bop. I have no regrets about that. You know, no, the only regret is I should have picked it later. Because it was I a, never would have taken available. it. Right. Yeah. So I regret in that sense, I still put it first. And I will not be talked out of the stance. I've got to say. Yeah. Um, All I would have to do. Yeah. Not that I'm actually suggesting this because I know obviously you wouldn't do it. If I traded you the grudge in exchange for love and embarrassing, I would have all the songs I ever feel like I need to listen to off this entire album. Five out of six on your team. I could never hear again in my life and be totally fine. <laughs> wow. I'm upset in your brain. I know who you're voting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm voting for me. Look all right. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. So let's 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 do a recap of the teams. Sure. I don't I don't have the order I drafted them. I just had the list and I started. I got the order. Okay, go ahead. You've got get him back, bad idea right, making the bed, love is embarrassing, logical and lazy. A lot of L songs. Six hits. One hit. Six hits. And what I've got is vampire, all American bitch, ballad of a homeschooled girl. Teenage Dream, Pretty Isn't Pretty, and The Grudge. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I love my team so much. I love my team. I got I got f- four of my top four. Eat it. Well, I got five of my top six. Wow. 
And actually, all my six are... Where did I have the grudge? I think I had that eight. Hmm. Six of my top eight. Well, someone's wrong. And it's you. Who knows? I do. It's you. All right. That was fun. These are interesting because it's just... It's so... It's not like our typical drafts where, you know, there's like a... A, a more a more set... This one is extremely subjective. Kind of, uh, yeah. Preference. You know, this is... Mm-hmm. Because it's so fresh too, you know? Mm. I think we talked about trying to find a consensus online. Or trying to find opinions online. There um, isn't much of a crystallized consensus yet. There isn't, you're saying? There is not. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which makes this draft all the more interesting, too. Mm. Except for, I think, obviously what happens is there's, you know, people love Vampire, and the rest of the album comes out. And I think there's, in general, a reaction to be like, oh, Vampire is not as good as these new ones. I think over time, though, that does eventually correct itself. Mm. You know, and and then, I'm not sure exactly how long. And I think there it never gets to a point where there's a final consensus even even like Beatles songs that are you know 60 years old um on the Beatles channel on Sirius XM right. every year they do like a fan vote like top 100 ranking that they like play over Memorial Day weekend or something yeah changes year to year like things fluctuate like based on just the seasons the based on the people yeah unpredictably yeah. kind of like oh whether do is this like an I am the walrus type of year or is that one down to like number 36, you know? That's right. Yeah. So uh, excited to see what the people think. I was saying I'm going to try to put some hashtags on this fucking poll. Yeah. To bring as many people as I can. To you should put the hashtag for all my songs to attract the lovers of my <laughs> songs. <laughs> uh, no, that's not a bad idea, adding the hashtag to the songs. Although I think I'm going to forego your idea of only doing your songs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah. This is uh this is good and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Sure will. Yeah. Any Can't final thoughts? Win. Can't wait to win. That's my final thought. Uh, are any thoughts on the Bruins one hundred? <laughs> no. Um, I think I think I heard you saying before we recorded. You know, Phil Kessel was on there and people were kind of cheese that Phil Kessel was on there because he was cheese. They're just like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. I don't think it's weird. He didn't anytime. even have any. Like, he wasn't even that good in those three seasons with the Bruins. Yeah, that's right. But you know, anytime you can add that man. On a list, top anything, I have no beef with it. <laughs> all right, here's my list of best players of all time. Number one, Phil Kessel. There you go. It's good. <laughs> Did you hear he's uh, the report on Phil Kessel, who remains unsigned, is that he's uh, willing to drop his Ironman streak to continue yeah. playing. Which, which um, I think, I don't know if this is the first time, but it feels like the first time for me where I've seen it openly admitted that teams were hesitant to pick him up last year. Because they did not want to take the armor streak, and that was a report that came out simultaneous to the uh, report that he was able, he was willing to drop it. Well, I think that kind of goes without saying. Went without saying. I guess so. Mm-hmm. And with that having been said, I don't know why teams aren't signing him now. Yeah, for real. There, there's no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we were saying, the best strategy is to wait if you're a general manager. Yeah, pick up like Phil Kessel on the cheap. Yeah, I'm sure he's available for so cheap now. I'm sure you get him like eight fifty k right now. Easy. Seems like he wants to play. Yeah. Right? So, for sure. Mm-hmm. And healthy scratch him like, just right away. Get it out of the way. That's right. Don't worry about the streak. Maybe give him a present, you know? Make a bit out of it. Mm-hmm. But don't mock Make him. Make a ceremony know? before the game like, Phil Kessel's Iron Man streak, ending at this many games. How impressive is that? Has he reached Not... a thousand? Yeah. He has. Okay, so there's no fucking need. Yeah. You know? We did it. And even Phil recognizes that, right? So. Mm-hmm. And he was scratched like the entire playoffs. Right. So. So, you know what? This is perfect. You know, let's get, have a great ceremony. The Bring him back to Toronto. Excellent. Sure, why not? Bring him everywhere, you know, as a healthy scratch. 
Oh no, I'm I'm saying like Toronto should sign him. Oh, bring him back to Toronto. That's a good bit too. That would be a Honestly, really good anyone, bit. Anyone, anyone, anyone can take advantage of this great situation. Colorado should. Phil Kessel being available on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be. An, I think an upgrade over Jonathan Drouin, honestly. Oh yeah, at this point, what does Jonathan Drouin show? Nothing <laughs> to 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 prove you know to indicate that he can fit on like even a bottom six. Not much, right? Mm-hmm. Phil Kessel has. Speaking of bottom six, how about your uh, Olivia Rodrigo guts? Team? Oh Jesus fucking Christ! Uh, uh, all right, well yeah, so that's uh, that's Phil Kessel. Sign him. We want to we want to continue to enjoy his presence. Um. So yeah, is there anything else you want to add before uh, we call it an episode? Uh, nope, that's it. We'll be back next week, September 19th. When do training camps open? It's an excellent question. No one ever knows. Yeah. Um, training camp NHL. Uh, let's see. Two to three weeks, typically, before the start of the NHL season. Eh, around the time of next week's show, it'll be opening. Yeah. All right, well, follow the podcast, Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Poll going up very soon. Vote for my team because it's the better one by far. Uh, And that's it. Hit like and stuff. The end.